looks on the outward, but the Lord looks on the heart. 1 Samuel 16 and 7. So, aren't tattoos a sin? No, not in the big scheme of things. Amen? Amen. Just give your heart to Christ and you'll be all good. Amen? All right. Coming up at the top of the hour, Dr. Christopher Manuel and Restoring Faith broadcast. Plus, next hour, more great stuff. We'll continue our discussion about things that Christians condemn. Plus, we're playing the word game, looking for a word or words that end in the letters I-C-T. All right? You're listening to KAYT, 88.1 FM, Gina, Alexandria, 98.9 FM, Monroe, West Monroe, 92.5 FM, Shreveport, Greenwood, 100.1 FM, Lake Charles, and KQJO, 99.3 FM, St. Joseph, Louisiana, Natchez, Mississippi. Praise the Lord, everybody. This is the Restoring Faith broadcast, and I am Dr. Christopher Manuel, pastor of the Smyrna, Maranatha, and Natchitoches First Seventh-day Adventist Churches here in Alexandria and Natchitoches, Louisiana. We desire to present the gospel of Jesus Christ to a dying world in the final moments of Earth's history. And now, today's broadcast. ...representing the Old Testament and one representing the New. So the disciples gave verbiage to what the people were saying about him, and this is what it sounded like coming from the community. Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Because remember, Herod fancied that either John had been revived or his spirit dwelt in this man that he was hearing about. The common people saw some similarity between John and Jesus. Both were doing a unique, great work for God. Both were divinely chosen and gifted by God. Both had been proclaiming the kingdom of God, and both of them were preparing men and women for the kingdom. Yeah. However, Jesus yeah. is not John the Baptist. Amen. Well, text goes on to say, verse 14, where he said, Jesus, some of them say that you're Elijah. Now, Elijah was considered to be one of the greatest prophets and teacher of all time and was also predicted to be the forerunner of the coming Messiah because you will, you will discover in Malachi 4 talked about the, the, the spirit of Elijah is going to come. Are you with me? Amen. But Elijah had also been used by God to miraculously feed a widow woman and her son in 1 Kings 17. Y'all yeah. remember that? Yeah. And there was another event that happened that Elijah stood on Mount Carmel Remember? Yeah. And the whole seminary was around as all these preachers, yeah. 450 of them. Yeah. And let me, let me just put this caveat in here. The majority of the, majority of the time that the devil wants to try you, mm-hmm. let him go first. <laughs> yeah. so you need to write that down. The majority of the time that the devil wants to try you, let him go first. Yeah. Pastor, that's irreligious. That's crazy. Why would you say that? Because on Mount Carmel, yeah. Elijah allowed the prophets of Baal to go first. And by the evening time, they couldn't produce nothing upon the sacrifice and would nothing happen. He said, now it's God's time. So in your life, let the devil go first because he can't do nothing unless God allow. I know I have some witnesses here. So when it's God's time to produce, God, you know what God's going to do? Dig a trench. We're going we're gonna to watch this thing. Dig a trench around the sacrifice. Put four barrels of water in the sacrifice. Yeah, cover it up real good. And I just want you to pray like you've been accustomed to praying. And when you pray, when you pray, fire will come down. But before you get your prayer done, just back up. 
I imagine in my sanctified imagination, I imagine that that Elijah came to his senses. I'm talking about they thought he was Elijah. And Elijah had to come to his senses in the story. He said, wait a minute. Fuck, uh-oh, let me back up real quick. <laughs> let me back up way over here. Because I read one book and it said this. That before Elijah had to pray, the power that came down, it was, it was like a nuclear explosion. Because the fire that came from heaven, it licked up the water. It licked up the sacrifice. It licked up the dust that was in the air. That's a nuclear explosion. They say, they say, Nicole, according to science, that when a nuclear warhead explodes, it's about 100 miles up in the, not 100 miles, but 100 feet up in the air, and it will take out everything within its circumference. That's what God did when we pray. Can I tell you, can I get into your business right quick? And I know it's 2020. If you are willing to pray like that, he will invade places that you're having issues. Yeah. He will invade places that you're having problems. Yeah. He will invade places that you're having hard to convince other people and whom you stand for. Yeah. Do I have any company in here today? So Elijah was this type of person that the people were looking forward to, and the people had connected to Elijah's miracle and Jesus' feeding of the multitude. However, Jesus wasn't Elijah. No. You had to go on. Well, others said, I'm still in verse 14, others said that he was Jeremiah. Isn't that what the text says? Yeah. It had always been thought that Jeremiah was going to return to earth right before the coming of the Messiah and bring with him the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, and the altar of incense. Those of you who study prophecy, you know that those are instruments of the sanctuary. Yeah. See, every instrument in the sanctuary points to Jesus. And you have to, we see what, the reason why you need the Ark of the Covenant, because when you come before him, that's all God. Uh-huh. The reason why you need the Ark of Incense, that's your time in prayer. Uh-huh. Your time in prayer shouldn't be, ooh, shrunk down to just saying your grace over your food. Uh-huh. The God that we serve that keeps your heart beating, yeah, yeah. keeps your cheering in order, yeah. can blow away sickness. Yeah. You need to spend a little bit more time with him. Yeah. Yeah. Because he wants to say something to you. Yeah. Right. It was said that, that Jesus had taken some of these things and hid them in Mount Nebo right before he died. Mm-hmm. That's what the history between the Testaments taught us. Yeah. Yeah. From Malachi to Matthew, yeah. that's 400 years that God didn't say anything. All right. But I just want to clue you in on something, church. Jesus is not Jeremiah. The rest of the text in verse 14 tells us that, well, you know, the disciples were saying that, well, they said you just wanted the prophets. Now, it sounded like to me, brother, it sounded like to me that the disciples didn't know themselves on who Jesus really was. They were just bringing back a report, and they agreed with the report on what the people were saying who Jesus was. That's how rumor stuff gets started. Some say. Well, I heard. Uh-huh. You know how we carry stuff like that? Uh-huh. And then we carry it sometimes, church people, as the truth. And it ain't nowhere close to it. Yeah. Lord, help yeah. us today. Yeah. Some say that you're one of the prophets. He was thought to be one of the great prophets brought back to life. That's what they thought. One in whom the spirit of the great prophet dwelt. However, Jesus is just not one great prophet. Yeah. 
Jesus knew well that what the people thought of him, and he knew also of their mistaken concept of the nature of his kingdom that he came to establish. Come here right quick, Maranatha. Let me help you with something. You have to be careful to whom you listen to about talking about Jesus. Because everybody who bring a word like that, they not on his side. I'm just trying to make this thing play. See, see, when it takes somebody who has has a test that will bring a testimony of what Jesus can do for you. Can I make it plainer than that? You have to have gone through some stuff in order to bring and bear a testimony of that magnitude that will put the devil to shame that he's ever said anything on your side. The faith of the disciples was all the more remarkable in contrast with the half belief of the rest of the community. Let me break that down for you. In other words, their faith had surmounted what the community was saying because they didn't really chime in nor believe what they were saying about Jesus. Watch this, because they'd been with him for two whole years. If you've been with somebody that long, you got more of a closer testimony than what they saying out there. Amen. So in other words, you have to know Jesus past the gossip at the church. You have to know Jesus past the gossip that's going on in the community. You have to know Jesus past the gossip that's going on in the beauty shop. You have to know Jesus past the gossip that's going on in Walmart. Because can't nobody tell you about what Jesus has done for you and they still gossiping. Let me put it plainer. You cannot have somebody who's gossiping over here and then go tell you about the gospel over here. Amen. Yes, sir. Mankind who's endowed with the Spirit of God should not speak with forked tongue. Why? Because there's a greater testimony to identify. Well, let me hurry on to this third point and get ready to let y'all go. Not only do I believe that the manifestation of God through Peter's response teaches us about the rumors of Jesus, but lastly, it teaches us the recognition given to Jesus. Look at me in verses 15 through 17. It's right there. He says, but who do you say that I am? And you know Peter. He says, oh God, you are the Christ the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood have not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. You see, Jesus asked the million-dollar question, Who do you say that I am? A lot of us need to be propounded like that. Who do you say? that Jesus is. See, we don't need to give a sound as a Jackson from our mouth on who Jesus is to us. Watch this, Maranatha. You just need to live as if you know who Jesus is. A lot of times you're not going to be able to recite or say anything because sometimes when you're so full of it, you can't do nothing but just wave your hands. Do I have any witnesses here? Sometimes you can't say nothing but sit at the table and just thank him for what he's done. Out of all the responses, out of all the replies, and out of all the reactions, the most vocal of all the disciples, Peter opened his mouth. When you think about the goodness of what God has done, when you think about where he's brought you from, 
When you think about who's holding you in the midnight hour, when you think about who's been carrying you on the way, when you look at the bills, you are, how did that get paid? You took, look, take a look at Jesus. That's the one who's been paying the bills. That's the one who keeps you out of the ER. That's the one who keeps you out of the car race. Am I witnessing it anybody? Keeps your family together. When all about you is falling. Keeps you in your right mind. When folk talking about you on the job. Keeps you from slapping somebody. When you want to really touch them, right? It keeps you it keeps you to keep your mouth off of people. Because you know that your lips have to render praise unto him. Keeps your mouth off, folk. That's why, Maranatha, we have to learn to stop gossiping. Keep our mouths off of folk. You know, I know sometimes we don't mention no names in our gossip. But you need to learn to keep your mouth off people. Do I have any witnesses in here? Peter's reply was an indictment to what the disciples had brought back. In other words, they were sitting there with their arms toward they was mad. How dare you come back and just say that he's the Christ? How do you know? We're going to get to that in a minute. We're going to celebrate at the end. I hope y'all ready for this. How dare you tell us that? Peter's declaration invoked Christ's blessing upon him where it was directly given. And Jesus is the only reason why anybody can respond like Peter did. He says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Can I tell you something? Demons don't like to hear that. Are you listening to me, Maranatha? So when you mention that you are the Christ, the son of the living God, the devil don't like to hear that because he wanted to be the most high. But you just got to remind him, Joker, let me tell you about somebody. His name is Jesus. And any time that we lift his name, demons tremble and they flee. They have no part with you. Because the Holy Ghost, they call the Holy Ghost in the Old Testament the Ruach Yahweh. Just the way I said Ruach, because that's the pronunciation in the Hebrew. That's what they call it, the the Ruach Yahweh, the wind. But it's superior to anything that blows. Are you with me today, Maranatha? So here, it brings about such a confirmation. It's totally a believer's response to a true rumor. Jesus gave all the disciples the opportunity to know him as the Messiah. However, oh Lord, help me today. It really doesn't surface until a situation arises or a circumstance presents itself. Can I unpack that? We really truly don't know him until we are tried.